1: Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots ruined your black tie affair. Last one to know, last one to show. I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise I left the mic off I want people to hear the cards <laughs> <laughs> I left the mic off I let him dirty I let him dirty, dirty. on that You down.
2: said honey We <laughs> made me through
1: You'll never hear me complain Ow! <laughs> I want wanted people to hear hard, because he usually when he likes a song, he is not afraid to do a little karaoke. Oh he cut
0: his throat when this started. Yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> like, oh no, I
1: gotta I'm sorry, sorry hard, I gotta violate the, the, the I gotta violate the G oh, no, code on that one. And the people give a little, little taste of Horge do a little karaoke, man. That just means that Patrick picked a good song. That's he all did. that, he that means a great for song for New Theme Thursday. That's what my man Patrick the Idillionaire, uh, he takes songs and selections that are supposed to give Harge and I clues and hints as to what the new theme of the day is. And it's uh, National Best Friends Day, so all the songs reference friendship, talk about friendship, or they simply are about friends and friendship. Yeah. Much like this one, Friends in Low Places. There it is. Yeah. I to, this is a great song. It is. It's it a really great is. Song. It is like such an awesome like, and I love when I'm out somewhere and the song comes on. Oh and man, everybody sings the chorus. It actually is, and it is loud. Yeah, it's one of those moments, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Those moments yeah. where it does give you kind of you know goosebumps. Yep. cause you can be out you can be out in a bar and nobody's like paying attention to the song until the chorus comes on just at the <laughs> exactly. bar ordering a drink somebody else talking having a conversation they will stop everything they're doing and start singing and go, oh I got friends yep. and I love it and
2: Fantastic. everybody starts yeah. everybody starts going and they normally play it when they got the right amount of alcohol consumed in the place
1: that is true you gotta wait, you gotta wait. <laughs> the timing is key
2: the timing, the timing is, key.
1: is key on that one yep. uh, my man Patrick always gets the timing right. All right, uh, let's get into, first of all, Specs Text Line 512 337 3776. That is the number to the Specs Text Line. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. is at HardballHards in the Twitterverse. Uh, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, let's get to this story. Shout out to Horns 24 uh, 7 with this story, and it's become a big. Topic of conversation uh, around these parts, especially on the 40 acres. Uh, So my man, Chip Brown, is insider piece, always doing a good job breaking a lot of news, even when the folks on the 40 don't want him to. He uh, claims in his latest piece that Sark is changing all of the ways plays are signaled to the players from the sideline. He said, quote, all the cards that have been used and all the signals from the sidelines are completely being changed out. Sark got word that teams were on to his signals. So the last several meetings and player coach practices have been dedicated to learning the new signals for the players. This has all just begun. So it's like learning a new language in a lot of ways because there's a lot of information coming in from the sideline for each position to uh, process. Also, a player's ability to pick up these new signals is playing a big role in some of their ability to break into the two deep right now. Also, the source said there were certain games, including last year's matchup against Alabama and UT's home game against TCU, when it seemed like the other teams knew what play was coming. The new special assistants, Paul Christ, Payam Sadat, Joe Camillus, looked at last year's games and confirmed the concerns that opponents might have known Texas' signals, the source said. Uh, Getting the new signals down have been a huge priority for the two deep, the source said, and everything these players have known in terms of the ways plays were communicating the last two years is about to change or has changed already. All right, so before we get into the discussion, just a couple of things that I want to get into because I will admit my ignorance on how often coaches change signals. I don't know that. I'm going to do some research and try to find out. because This story broke today. I'll reach out to some coach and try to find out how often are they changing their signals. Um, because I don't know. And I, but The reason I bring that up is because I would think that these days, guys, that you'd have to change your signals quite a bit. And I don't know exactly what the definition of quite a bit is. But definitely periodically, just from the turnover alone, <clears throat> you have, to, first of all, coaches leave your program. And not just coaches. Support staff. These days, you probably these these teams probably have co- teams like Texas, number elite power five programs, probably have I don't know 15, 20 people working in your support staff alone, mm-hmm. assistants, analysts, special assistants to the head coach, all that kind of stuff, and they leave your program annually. You got like a new group of them every year.
2: At one point, you had new coaches coming in and out of here every That's year so true. too. That's a good point too.
1: <laughs> but you got those coaches coming out and they're joining new staffs because they're rising up the coaching yep, ladder. Yep. So of course they're going to share information they have if they if it can you know benefit them or the mm-hmm. coaches they have their own so that they look like they know what they they're doing and look like they're a great coach. Yep. So for that reason, the turnover of coaches, um, I would if I was Sark I'd do it a lot uh, at least periodically. And because of players in the transfer portal who can now transfer within your own damn conference right. and play you the next year. Like you would have to change because those guys know the signals too. Exactly. So There's a lot of people that know your signals and know your plays that are coming in and out of your program, and that's not even to mention the actual film study for people on opposing teams who are paid – to study your trends, your habits, your plays, and make those kind of connections. That's their job.
2: And some of those that aren't <laughs> getting paid, like my man Rod Babers, that does it to break down film to let you know what the tendencies are by these teams. Agree. So with that being said, as you look at the sideline, you're walking in, you're doing it because that's the other thing. The plays aren't changing. It's just the signals. It's just the signals, yep. So yeah. as long as the quarterback knows the signals, and he can relay it to his team, that should be something too. But it could also be that one signal or two signals that I have with my wide receiver. If I cross my fingers a certain way or I do an X, that means that I'm going to run whatever play. Mm -hmm. Maybe that needs to change as well. It's like me giving the steal sign. But like Coach said when we had Coach JT Blair on there, Coach had a good point. There's different keys to that as well,
1: and yeah, maybe we're living in in such a you know a modern sports kind of ecosystem here, where these coaches and opposing teams they have access to so many technological mm-hmm. resources that it's only a matter of time. Maybe right. it's inevitability. It is inevitability. And maybe Coach Blair brought that up because yep. that's why I love the baseball culture because it's baked in, right? Yep. It's almost part of your tactical, strategic skill set as a baseball player. You grow up. Learning to steal signs, mm-hmm. learning to you try to steal as much information from the opponent as you can. And if they allow you to steal signs and you're tipping pitches, that's on you. Yep. That's a you problem. And coach pretty brought brought that up too. We asked Coach Blair about, hey, are, you know, have you been exposed in a sense? Uh, you know, obviously making this playoff run where teams are stealing signals and your teams are tipping pitches, and he admitted, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, Rumor I think,
2: has it it's, it's been going around. Yes, he said yeah. it's been
1: my, our signs have been going around. And I think I, the reason he admitted it is because I think to a, for the for really good coaches, maybe they feel like it is an inevitability. Like, no, it's going to happen. He said this round they're going to have wristbands on because yep. I can't do anything about it. They're going to steal our signals. I can't change the signal midstream, midseason. I can't do it. You can do it right. in the off season. But I, I, I meant to ask him before he left, and we'll have them on again, because West going to keep on winning. There you go. And next time I'll ask him, how, how often do you change the signals? Do you change them every year? Because I'm thinking now, mm-hmm. based on the transfer portal, the turnover of coaches, and an opposing film study, you got to change these signals damn near every year. Yeah. Not drastically, but you got to change
2: them. Well, and again, it goes back to the keys, right? Like if I touch a certain part of my hat or my wrist or Mm. something, that's when everything is live after it. Or I can say it's the first touch when you get to first base. First thing I touch, anything else after that? Doesn't matter. So you're like or you're sending out third, misinformation so, yep. and disinformation. Absolutely. Like I know there's
1: st- it's like baseball's great. Yep. You know they're still in so like, I know they're still in so, so you give try them, to flip it over. Let's, yep. give them, let's give them so much information they can't even process. They don't, need, they don't know what the hell it means. Correct. They can't find the trend. They can't find a pattern.
2: And that's why also in baseball they <laughs> have gone to the earpiece for yeah. the catcher mm-hmm. and the microphone for the the person calling the pitches. Coach Pierce said he's got wristbands and that's what he does with the players as well. So. That's some of the things that you got to continue to look at.
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, just looking at it rationally, just wanting to be realistic about it, I, I do think coaches are probably changing signals periodically. I don't know how often. Um, but yeah, it's kind of based on the discussion that we are having. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any way to guard against it these days. You can put in fail safes, as Harsh just mentioned misinformation, disinformation. You can freshen things up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if teams are doing their homework and due diligence, and you got mm-hmm. a guy or a couple of guys or gals sitting in a film room for, for five, six straight hours yeah. in the dark watching that every little trade job. you do, and that's yeah. their job, they might pick up on a tendency or two. Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. I pick up on them all the time. Um, And I relay those tendencies to you guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to be as hard on Sark for this. Um, You know, he has been a coach for about 10 years now, head coach. And he's been a play caller and a head coach everywhere he's gone. And he's been a play caller and or a head coach for like 15 years now. I would like to know how often he's changed his signals. Right. Because he's been to, what, four different schools, right? Been to Washington, USC, USC twice, Washington, Bama, Texas as a play caller and or a head coach. How often are you change NFL too. Yep, Thank you very yep, much. Yeah, yep. NFL. How often are you changing these signals? Because I would think you have to change them a lot. Every you time would, you go to a new location, frequently. you got to change them.
2: Yes, he's, more frequently. He
1: hasn't been at the place longer than five years. He was at Washington for five years. Then went to USC. I imagine you changed them when you went to Washington, USC. Yep. And I imagine you changed them uh, when you got your new gig in uh, Atlanta, right? Yep. And I imagine you changed them once you got to Bama. You had to. And then I imagine well, changed J- again. J- year. Not
2: Jimbo, but uh Nick Saban would have wanted you to call exactly. you know he no, had all it, that anyway. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I'm assuming he's changed him every time he's went to a new location, which would mean that's every two years or so recently for him. So maybe he's changed them out of necessity. I would think now you just gotta I think it should be just a you can you can argue or debate maybe it should be an annual thing for him. Yeah. That every year they come in, you play on, and that maybe that's a pain in a you know what. Uh, but it may keep you from losing a game here or there. If you believe you lost those games, Bama and TCU, because you were tipping your plays, then it's definitely worth you reassessing this issue every year.
2: Must have, it must have been the defensive calls because the offensive calls was working.
1: That's fair too, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do we, we, they were winning the game. You were now, yeah, well, you weren't winning Batmore or TCU the you were whole time, Bama, but you were winning
2: enough. You, yeah, were, you were in it to the end. You, yes. I yes. Mean. And you missed deep passes. Don't forget, early in the game, we were on the goal line before he got hurt. He was throwing the pass to, uh, Jatavian Sanders. He just overthrew that. That didn't oh, yeah. didn't have nothing to do with the play. Yeah. Then you had uh, X-Man down the middle of the scene where he, he dropped and it. he dropped the pass. Yeah, that That's the t- I don't care if you know what's coming. They were behind you. I know. Yes. <laughs> and,
1: and, and part of me, like I said, I brought this up earlier. It's just a conspiracy theory. Part of me believes they want it. They, they probably, I'm not saying they gave this a chip, but they don't mind this being out there. Right. Um, because uh, for them, In the public realm now, in the court of public opinion, um, maybe they believe this will excuse them. Of some of the losses, like oh no, they were just tipping plays. If they once they once they sure that up, once they figure that out and rectify that and remedy that issue, we're talking about a team that's gonna win double digit games. Probably would have won double digits games last year mm-hmm. if not tipping plays versus Bam or TCU. And the and I and listen, I'm glad they found this. All right, this is great self scouting. So I'm glad they found it. I'd rather them have found it rather than not have found it at all, and then we go into next year with the same issue. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size, but. I'll just say this. When you play TCU, your best player, B. John Robinson, had 12 touches in that game that had nothing to do with tipping plays. Right. That's play calling. Yep. That is coaching, malfeasance, malpractice, irresponsibility, whatever you want to say. All of that. That's Coach Steven. Yeah. All right. So that tipping plays? Like, yeah, but you gave Bijan Robinson 12 touches. So what's that have to do with tipping plays? Uh, you were force feeding the football to a one handed receiver. <laughs> how about this how about this no no this is the funniest thing because somebody texted me he was like no Rod, it was worse than that and I was just texting with him and saying no think about Oklahoma State we learned after Oklahoma State that Quinn Ewers had hurt his hand Yeah, oh yeah and then we know X-Man had hurt that's his hand that's right you had a one handed man throwing to a one handed <laughs> man and he had fourteen overthrows in that game. <laughs> he kept throwing it deep to a one from one-handed man to another one-handed man. <laughs> like that's not tipping plays, Sark. That ain't tipping plays, man. Not. That's just. That's just irresponsible. It's like, it just
2: random stuff. That's, that's just, just crazy, out, man. man.
1: You had 14 overthrows in that game because you kept throwing deep to x man <laughs> who had one hand. You kept throwing to him. That's not tipping plays. They just know you are chasing that deep ball, baby. Yes. You like Pookie. Yes. All right, I got to get that deep ball. Yes. And if I don't get I'm going to keep on chasing that deep ball, I'm baby. Gonna get me a I'm going to get that deep ball. <laughs> we know you. That is not tipping plays, sir. I'm not saying they weren't tipping plays, but that ain't got nothing to do with tipping plays. <laughs>
0: Are we gonna see a press conference this year when they go? Hey man, uh, it, he looked a little off. Was he hurt? And then he goes, he goes, no, 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 he's fine. I go, no, 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 but really, really, <laughs> yeah. Like, are we gonna find out in six months that he
1: was hurt? Exactly. No, no, because he did that in the in the in the bowl game too. Yes. He told us before the bowl game that all three running backs are gonna play, and then he starts Keely Robinson. I say, what the hell is that? And then he plays Jonathan Brooks sparingly, and we find out because Jonathan Brooks had an injury of some sort. And it's like, well, you should have been talking about playing all three running backs Thank in. You. Um and in that yeah and that game was kind of weird too because he never played one six oh line package not one of your uh two tailback sets and maybe that's because you you felt like you couldn't play Jonathan Brooks that much but you still ended up playing him you did he scored two touchdowns in the game but then he couldn't play like can he play or can he play? which one is it can he play can he play what, what are we do doing we have here? going on <laughs> what that's, is right. that? that's that's t- right. t- is that Tippin plays yeah. like I don't know if that's Tippin plays <laughs> this is what this irresponsible you know what I mean bad play calling like I yeah. just don't so yes I'm sure you were. You know, tipping plays. By the way, that is also within your purview. That's your job yes. to change the signals. That is. And, guys, I know this happens at every level. We brought the, um, the Super Bowl 30, I believe it was 37. Well, Bill Callahan, he's the Oakland, uh, sorry, yep. not Oakland at the time. Uh, he actually was Oakland at the time, right? Yep. Was the Oakland. Yep. Uh, with the Raiders. He was their head coach, first-year head coach. They had just traded John Gruden to the Bucks. And John Gruden told the Bucks defenders, listen, I doubt it very seriously that this will have any impact at all. But I think you guys should know all of our signals and all of our checks and audibles just in case they didn't change it. Right. Came to the game, Bill Callahan, Rich Gannon, MVP season that year, and they never changed the plays. They never changed the audibles. Mm-hmm. All the Bucks defenders came back to the sideline giddy like, coach, I think it's the exact same stuff that you told us. And he threw five interceptions in that game. Three pick sixes. Yes. Yeah, because they knew exactly what was coming. And we've seen it at other levels, right? We've seen it. Uh, Texas, hell, famously, Mike Leach. Uh, what well, he, he gave us the misinformation and disinformation of the dummy script there in 1999. It Dropped it on the ground. Dropped it you. on the ground in front of Tom Herman and Oscar yep. Giles, yep. and they scurried it up to the to the to the to the boxes where the <laughs> coaches were. And Coach Reese, Carl Burris, our DC, fell for it hook, line, and sinker until about uh, maybe midway through the the third to the first quarter. And mm-hmm. Texas was already down double digits <laughs> in the first quarter. Quickly. And they went, okay, this is definitely not the script. <laughs> Yeah, you think? A little late.
0: yeah think? A little, little late.
1: Hell, uh, Patrick tells a story about the Spurs.
0: Yep. And yep. the Cavs. That, that Mike Brown was the coach of the Cavs, and basically they were calling the same plays that the Spurs were running, except <laughs> Pop can change up a little bit. But all those players have been on the team for a couple of years, so they all knew the plays from last year and the year before that Mike Brown was calling, and they were calling the same names. <sighs> the same name? They didn't even rename it. No. None. None. <laughs> Yo, and no, and this is Robert Ory telling the story. He's like, they're calling out floppy side. And they're like, yeah, we know floppy side, dude. <laughs> dude I know that. <laughs> Why are you calling that
1: out in front of us? So it does happen at the highest level. So, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't want to be overly harsh uh, with Sark. But that it is his job to figure it out. And he figured it out. He figured yep. it out. Yep. Um, I don't think that's the reason they lost five games last year. Not even close. I don't think that's the reason. And honestly, the truth is, if you're really good, that's also uh, a problem that a coach can solve during the game. Mm-hmm. If you're a great play caller and you can adjust really well in game, you recognize what the defense is doing, how they are, you know, how they are being, uh, how aggressive they're being towards certain concepts. All right, and you can adjust on the fly. And one of Starks issues is he he doesn't adjust really well. Um to he doesn't have once he's off script, um he doesn't have the ability to anticipate the the adjustments of the opponents and come mm-hmm. up with creative counters, something he's going to get better at.
2: So he, he's going to have to. Yeah. He's going to have to. Oh, so, man. yeah, that's uh unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I, I, exactly. Like I, I, I don't I'm not upset about it or anything. I just think it's it's just weird. Yeah. It's strange. We get some strange stories coming out during this time. Yeah. I just, you know. It is strange, uh, but I think he got to he's got to change those signals more often. I think it's got to be an every year thing. It's an annual thing. I know that sounds like a pain in the And maybe
2: that's just something else that he's throwing out there to make people think that he's doing something different.
1: Could be. He could be throwing
2: a be. straight smoke screen and then you go back out there and you see it and it's like, "Wait a minute, it's the same thing."
1: That is very fair. That this is it could all you know, be was, it it this, this be, could be misinformation right yeah. here.
2: Yeah. It's like, "Hey man, I'm going to throw this out here." Because I'm comfortable with what I do. I want people to think, no, this isn't how it's going to be when you look at game
1: one, two, and three, and you're like, yeah, they're using the same signal. They're using the same
2: signal. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, so I I do think um, it's a positive thing to find that issue and discover it. But to me, it's, it's more about, you know, Sark's ability to adjust to certain schemes, right? I mean, the, the three high... Three down defense, which has been the Achilles heel, kind of the kryptonite for Sark. Uh, as That's of what late. they need
2: to be reviewing. Yeah, I'm like, how that, do you get better with that? Ain't that ain't tipping
1: plays, right? That, that defense. That's your has, kryptonite. Yeah, it's, it's it's had a consistent, mm-hmm. um, a, a consistent result versus you, and usually it's to hold your offense to under ten points of their average. I've done, I've done the research. Sark's offenses. Average around 30, close to 34, 35 points per game. Yep. And you're at 25 points per game when you face a uh, a three-high, three-down defense. And yep. you faced that last year like three or four times. Yeah. It was TCU. TCU. K-State was also in there. Iowa State. I think Iowa State was the other one. It's in there, and there too. Didn't,
2: didn't, didn't, and didn't – And Oklahoma State run – That's what I was Oklahoma about to State say. Oklahoma State run some of that, State too. State was the other one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So – Or – Exactly, I'm just saying. And and by the way, Oklahoma tries to run it. They were just really bad last year. But once they get some talent, they're going to be running it too. And you'd be a fool not to run it when you go up against Steve Sarkisian. I just told you, you can you can almost guarantee he's going to score ten points less, for sure. So, that's the issue, not the tipping of the place. So there you go. It's just my opinion. All right. Well, uh, we come back. We you got, and I agree. Right? So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, It's a factor, but I don't yeah. think it was a huge factor. No doubt. All right, let's get into uh, the Cowboys' new name for their new look offense. Harch. hmm We'll see if you're excited about this new look we'll offense, man. No doubt. They got a fresh new name. We'll talk about it when we come back. Come on now. <laughs> right here, ball no lie. I want to put on the horn.
0: Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true, your
1: Welcome back to Ball Don't Live right here on 104 Down the Horn. Wow. I know this song by heart, at least the first part of it, because I am a fan of the Golden Girls. And uh, I do love television theme songs. This is one of the greatest television theme songs out there. And on a new theme Thursday, which the new theme of New Theme Thursday is all about being friends. All the songs referencing friendship, talking about friends um, or about friendship in general. Because it's National Best Friends Day. And shout out to my man Patrick doing a great job DJing a uh, new theme Thursday. National Best Friends Day. Happy National Best Friends Day to everybody out there. Um, did you watch Golden Girls, Harge? I did. You did watch Golden yep, Girls? Yep. Did you watch Golden Girls? Not
0: growing up, I've seen episodes yeah. of it throughout time. Yeah, but I just never like sat down and watched it.
1: Um, do you remember uh, Sophia, like the the mom, like the old lady? Yeah, yeah.
0: She was not the oldest one, right? She wasn't. Like she was yeah.
1: like yeah she was she wasn't the oldest one. I want to say like uh, one or two of the ladies were older than her, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, like, their ages were was. weird, and it's also crazy to think mm-hmm. of like if you told women now that that age, like there's women that are still models. That are the age that they're supposed to be in that show. How how are uh, they like, yeah, to, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, because they were like, oh, these are women in their 50s and 60s. And this yeah, is what happens when you get yeah. a little bit older. And now everyone's like, yeah, that's not that old. Does that? <laughs> right, not uh, anymore. The, 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 the mood of what age is has completely changed in the, the yeah. last 40 years. No, that's a good
1: point. And the only one that gave you hope of being old that was still getting down was Blanche.
0: Yeah, so Blanche yeah. getting down like Blatt's She stayed in the she game. Stayed
1: in the she day. stayed in the game. She was getting busy uh, as she an was, old lady. She's a saber tooth. She was yes. There, there you go. go. Yes, yep. Blanche was yep. a saber tooth tiger. There you go. Um, I don't know why I know this, but B Arthur uh, on, from the show, mm-hmm. and that was her real name, B Arthur. That's how yep. you know. So, and, and by the way, wasn't uh, the old lady? Wasn't she a stale Getty? Was the, that yep, that yep Yes. Yep. These are names that you you never meet a young hot of stale. No. Right, like, because names have changed so drastically. Like, there are no nobody's hot,
2: going to Mad Marge. There's no
1: hot, yes, there's no, there's no hot, young hot Marge out there. Yeah. no young hot B. Yep. All right, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. These are all like older names now that basically nobody names their kids that anymore. So you're not gonna have to. You're not gonna find a young hot version of that. Mm-hmm. But speaking of B, Arthur, I, I, I don't know why I know this, and I just looked it up to make sure that my memory wasn't failing me at an old age. Once a nude portrait of B. Arthur sold for one point nine million dollars. A portrait, at an auction. Yeah. I BS you I, not. I remember when that happened. When it, it, I BS you not. It was at Christie's auction house in twenty thirteen. Was she like a? It was a nude. This is a nude portrait of her, and painted in nineteen ninety one. Sold for one point nine million. That was a lot of money. Back and by, then. it was expected to, to fetch more than that. It was expected yeah. to, fe- to fetch like 2.5 million. This is a naked B author. Yeah. That, yeah. It's just so weird. Like, who owns that? Yeah. Who owns that? I know that?
0: somebody, somebody <laughs> wanted a conversation starter or a conversation ender. I don't know. Who, <laughs>
1: who is that?
0: Uh, oh, someone
1: what? says Estelle Check, Texas
0: softball pitcher. pitcher. Okay.
1: All right. Lefty. For the most part, you won't find a young, hot still. Lefty. I'll admit that that's, that's, that's a, she's yeah. a young, hot uh, still.
0: So it says at the beginning of the series, they were supposed to be in their mid 50s. No way! The beginning of the series. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because they were living out an assisted. Were, They're they not living? assisted living, but they were living like they were all together. independent living. They're They're independent oh, independent living yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's crazy to think of. <laughs>
1: I remember that Seinfeld episode when Kramer goes to live uh, in Del Boca Vista with uh, si- with Jerry's, Jerry's parents, family, yeah. and he's like, Kramer, you can't live here. This is where people go to die. And his parents <laughs> look at him he goes, no, not you. Older people.
0: <laughs> yeah. For, for reference, Kim Kardashian's 42. They said I said Kim's my age. No, no, and they were like, uh, the youngest one was 53 on that show. So in 10 years, Kim Kardashian could be a golden girl. <laughs> that's, that's not a, fair. I want to wow. give you a reference that's of not how, fair. Much, how much things have changed. <laughs> that's not fair, though, because Kim keeps herself in impeccable shape. I'm just great. saying, though, but that's the thought <laughs> the of what a 55 year old all... woman was and now is. Uh,
1: sure, no, but I would say this grandmothers are getting hotter. Yeah. Like grandmothers used to be, like, you would never think about banging somebody's grandma. <laughs> 40 years ago. You go look at some of these grandmas in Westlake now. And she's like, I'm a grandma. You're like, you a grandma. You can get it. Hey, you can get it, Grandma. <laughs> and so women... <laughs> okay. saying, I can't even... It's true, well, well we're, we're older, too, by we're the way. Older
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> we're older Grandma, now. by Grandma the way. Grandma was a little different <laughs> she used to. That is fair.
1: That is fair. <laughs> but my point is that because of modern technology and we live a higher quality of life, that women are aging better. They work out more. They get surgery, cosmetic surgery, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the women are looking old. As they get older, they're hotter. That means grandmothers are hotter now.
0: Yeah. So all right, here's another one. Nicole Kidman's 55
1: also keeps herself in amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's Nicole Kidman could be a golden girl right now. <laughs> that would be a great show. She, she could be my golden girl anytime. <laughs> I will, I will it's let, crazy. Uh, oh, man. she. Could, oh, another name, Gertrude. Yes. yes. Thank you, Texter. You'll never find a hot Gertrude anymore.
0: Hey, me and Gertie are going to go have night in the town. Think <laughs> <laughs> about
1: like 50 years ago, dude, was like, dude, I can't wait. Dude, Gertrude is so freaking hot. Heidi She's Kloem. so hot, man. Heidi
0: Klum is 50. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that'd be this perfect. This is this is. I'm just saying, it's crazy when you think about it. Because when you look at it, you're like, what were those women like in their 90s? But you gotta yeah, remember, because we were like,
2: older too. I mean, we were younger yeah. at that time when it first came out. So when we were first watching it,
1: but Patrick's right though. It that's no like not I'm 40s. It was like, so you telling me like I'm I'm like 12 years away? Yeah. from dating golden girls. I like, guess yeah. you're, you're 10 years <laughs> away from being yeah. gay,
0: from being one of the creepy guys Blanche brought home. Hey, you no, know what? you'd be like one I of said, the creepy guys that are trying to date Kalise. Like I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know what? Grandmothers are getting hotter. Yeah. I don't know if
1: she's a, a grandma yet, but right? hey, like I said, Blanche back in the day, dude, y'all know Blanche. Yeah. Is you sell my hijack and Nicole
2: cold kid, man. There would be a Golden Girls reboot. Oh, my goodness. That would be perfect. Yeah. I'll be watching that. Helen Mirren is like
1: the, who's the most, who was the oldest attractive woman that you can think of? Helen Mirren is in a discussion. What I was growing up? No, just right now. Like, old and still attractive to you, Still, still got it. Holly Berry. She is old. She's older, yeah. She's a Puma. Ain't she in her 50s?
2: Uh, yeah, she'd be a a Puma.
1: She's a Puma. I would
2: say... I want to see
1: older than Pam old. you got, Greer? I, you Pam go older. Greer? Yeah, I'm 42. I got to go older than 50. I got to go to 60, 70.
0: I'm down with Pam Merle, Greer. Meryl Street's yeah, pretty good looking. Holly Berry's 56.
1: Damn, that's amazing. Yeah. She is closer to 60?
0: Yeah. Wow. Another golden girl for you. <laughs> that's amazing. Another <laughs> golden girl for you. All right.
1: Let's get off of the...
0: Uh, <laughs> The gills, the gills
1: <laughs> that we've been discussing all this the time. Saber-tooth the tigers. saber-toothed tigers. Yeah, good oh, point.
0: Yeah, Martha Stewart just did that swimsuit. She edition. did just swimsuit. Oh, suit. that's
1: true. Martha Stewart's attractive. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I you mean, can be. Yeah, Jane Fonda. You can be. That's like my 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 grandmother theory. I watched dude.
2: the Brady movie. Grandmothers are getting hotter. Jane Fonda's like she's definitely still got it, right? I'm. Um, I'm um, no.
1: No. Um, no. 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 <laughs> I thought you were no. gonna. Get, uh No. Don't have it. Brittle. Deal. Brittle. <laughs> Brittle. Uh, all right. All right. Let's talk about the Cowboys because <laughs> Dak has a new name for the new offense. Harge. Yep. He calls it the Texas Coast offense. Just renamed, he says. Just renamed the quarterbacks. It's got definitely some West Coast principles, but has a little bit of what we've uh, done in the past, and just obviously marrying them together with a lot of detail and maybe, in a sense, a system that's not out there. So there you go.
2: So I guess the place that Dak or the offense that Dak is calling the West, it's the West Coast offense it's to it. me. Yeah, but he is definitely looking at uh, the Texas calling twang. it a Texas. Yeah, he's, got a he's Texas put, twang put, on. put his little. Put his own Mm -hmm. little thing on it. So,
1: okay, I got it. That's Uh, fine. I'll be all right. I'm called for it. Listen, uh, if they think their offense is going to be good enough, that it deserves a nickname, something. if you're going to give a nickname to an offense or a defense in football, it's got to be good. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. They they earn these nicknames because they're really good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, doomsday defense, you know what I mean? The purple people eaters, this kind of stuff, right? The West Coast offense, greatest show on turf. So if we're gonna have the Texas Coast offense. Someone says the Texas choke offense. <laughs> <That's the laughs> next um, I'm all for it. I'm all for then it. The it's top gonna be five, that good. By
2: the way, Texas choke off
1: offense. <laughs> it is top five. I don't know what you're gonna do to it. You just I went, gotta
2: get wins.
1: I went and looked at 2022 offensive scoring. Take away non-offensive touchdowns, so no defensive touchdowns, no uh, special-team touchdowns, and the Cowboys actually do score a lot of non-offensive touchdowns. They're still third in the NFL behind Kansas City and Philly, the two teams that met in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in scoring. They are The last two years, they're the highest-scoring team in the NFL the last two years. Nope. Yep. Actually, Kansas City is second. So, my point is, what else are they going to do to this office? Mm -hmm. Like, what else are you going to do to it? Like, how how are you going to soup it up? Like I said, it kind of reminds me of when HBO Max just went to Max (laughs) and they added a bunch of stuff and they added, you know, the Turner Classic movies and they added TLC. And now I can watch, oh, now I can watch 90 Day Fiancé on HBO Max. Great. All right. (laughs) I
0: was already doing that. I was doing that anyway.
1: Uh, But now they call it Max instead of HBO Max. That's kind of what this feels like. You gave it a different name, but I don't know if you were going to change much, but we'll see. They need a running back, though.
2: They definitely need a they running back. They do need
1: a bell call running they,
2: back. They definitely need one. I know someone else was talking about getting um, uh, Derrick Henry. We had that conversation before. I don't think the financial part of that is going to be right. You're looking at Dalvin Cook. Yep. I don't care what it is. Just get W's. That's all I care about.
1: I agree. I think that's why they want to run the ball more. They think yep. they want to feature that defense, and they want to supplement with offense, and they've been the reverse the last few years. They've been trying to feature the offense and supplement with defense. Like, no, you you guys know you're closer to winning a Super Bowl yeah. as an elite defense than you are with an elite quarterback. Yep. And I think now they're starting to realize that. So, either way, you need that big Dak energy. If you don't get that, well, it's going to be a long season it's for Cowboys fans. It's going to be a fans. real long season. I think season you'll get bro. it, though. I'm looking for that big Dak energy next season. Bring, right, it. Right. Bring it. Bring uh, it. All right. Uh, hopefully, you get some Bluetooth for it, man. All right. We, come we back, got back. We'll wrap it up, put it in the oven, let you know what's on tap. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. A wonderful, not the horn
0: top You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash?
2: Huh? Oh, yeah. You know, I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk.
0: Eh, why don't we start with the
2: beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice, cool drink?
0: That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That was- is-
2: Up again.
1: All right, welcome back to Ball well, Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Just really quickly... Uh, but while we got a little time here, I want to remind everybody, uh, go check out the Golf Club of the Month, powered by Callahan's General Store. You can go check that out at hornfm.com. Uh, the Horn's Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store, is on the move, and uh, this time, they're checking out Creek Club. Visit hornfm.com right now, and take a uh, you can take a video tour with E. Hogan, uh, golf pro Omar Uresti, who was actually on with them this morning, uh, Charlie Wilson from Callahan's General Store as well. Uh, Onion Creek Club is one of Austin's most historic golf clubs, founded 1974 follows the natural landscape, letting the land dictate the course layout. Perfect for beginners and top professionals. The Horn Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store. There you go. Let's uh, so go check that out over at hornfm.com. All right, General, what's on tap for you tonight, Harch?
2: I'm just going to watch a little bit of baseball get ready to talk about the Stanford Regional or Super Regional as the Texas Longhorns are made it to.
0: Cali Oh yeah Going back to Cali Beautiful thing Uh, Patrick
1: what's on tap for you brother?
0: Uh, you know, I may go check out the Max and all that great new programming there.
1: It's <laughs> a lot of trash TV on there too, you can check out. Oh, oh, actually, check out uh if you are in watching a movie, uh, it's called Reality. I watched it yesterday, it's about reality winner. I just saw Respect? I have not watched Respect. I'll watch right. tonight, I promise all you.
0: All right. I'll watch tonight. Let me know what you think. I'm gonna
1: watch tonight, I promise
0: you, though. Oh, and in a tonight today. Oh, that's hey, right. There you go. <laughs> there you go.
1: Uh thanks for your participation on Specs Text Line. We love you guys. Remember the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball, don't lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.